cheese, we dip it in really warm water so it gets that little bend so it looks like it's a bit okay. melted. Otherwise, it's just cold out of the fridge. And then in extreme cases, I would glue on with super glue and tweezers <laughs> individual sesame seeds. Isn't that ridiculous? But I do. Okay, that's just OCD. It's OCD, 100%. But that's the job. My guest today is Jacob Liam, food stylist, content creator, and founder of The Good Day People. Jacob was exposed to good food at a very early age when he helped his father run their family restaurant. Jacob went on to win the World Skills Competition at school and the People's Choice Award with Taste.com in 2009, which is where he went into food styling as a freelancer. Jacob has worked with many big brands behind the scenes in food styling and has also front up in front of camera as a talent. In early 2020, Jacob and his wife Sarah Jane started a hamper business called The Good Day People as a side business. And during our conversation, we talk about how it started and how they got to selling 18,000 hampers to date. I look forward to having a chat with Jacob about the world of freelancing and entrepreneurship. Jacob, thank you so much for coming down today to the studio. I'm really excited to chat to you about all things food, food styling, this whole new age I guess, area of expertise that mm. people... It's quite a great area because you you only know about food styling if you're really uh, in the food food industry. Yeah. And people don't actually understand how I always explain like food styling is... It's like the backbone of a lot of food production. So you think about advertisements, uh, food packaging, any kind of F&B related stuff there's always someone behind the scenes mm. gathering ingredients, cooking, <laughs> making food look good and appealing and not necessarily edible yeah. sometimes. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so let's have a chat about food styling and everything you know about it. You've been a food stylist now for how many years? Yeah, it's coming up to 10 years. 10 years, I know. wow. But I want to go back to where this whole passion of food came from. Yeah, sure. You know, tell me about, you know, you grew up in Forster, yep. north of Sydney. Yeah. And how did the passion for food really yeah. start? Where did it come from? Where did it come from? So my dad owned a restaurant. He actually owned two restaurants. It was yep. like a buffet-style restaurant in the 90s and then early 2000s. Any particular cuisine? It, well, it was it's called Intercontinental. Um, oh, yeah. Intercon? No, it was like, it kind of was its own little thing, I guess. Okay. Um, and it was, it was, yeah, obviously just international food. Um, oh, yes. Okay, and cool. it was, my dad is um, Chinese from mm-hmm. Hong Kong. So obviously there was a big influence um, in the restaurant. Yeah. A lot more Asian style cuisine. So I, gr- I grew up around that. He never really cooked at home. He always, like, we, whenever we went out for dinner, it would usually be to the buffet restaurant. And that's why I got so fat as a kid. I had <laughs> I so... I cannot imagine you as a fat kid. Oh, there's so many good photos. But, like, all you can <laughs> all eat... Well, yeah, to, exactly. Or you can have dinner and then you have the soft serve machine um, and as much as you like. So, I definitely put on a lot of weight as a kid because of that. <laughs> but anyway... My um, larger days are over. But so just being around that food um, all the time. But then also I, as a kid, I remember as like a fun Sunday afternoon activity, we would always just 
go and open like those white wings cupcake mixes or and from like that where I added milk and eggs oh from the, I know super basic but from there that's when like I kind of really started love uh, I loved cooking yeah. just creating um, yeah. and the reward of cooking yeah. and so that's kind of how it developed and then in year 11 and 12 I did like hospitality in school and I did this competition called World Skills which is like a international competition and I went pretty well so I came first in New South Wales it's amazing that's it was, an achievement in itself it was like well, you obviously know MasterChef. It was like MasterChef for teenagers. So it was very stressful. That's cool. Um, it was very school-based, so like quite French is what we were like. Lots of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like French uh, cuisine and cooking. Yeah. Like, like basics. Like basic techniques, the fun foundations of cooking. Exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was really good. I learned so much. And then after school, I then entered a competition through Taste.com, which we know it yeah. as today. Um and I entered this competition and I went pretty well. I, it was a su- submit your recipe. They liked the recipe. So then I came down to Sydney and we made the recipe um, live on yeah on TV. And it was quite stressful. And then I won the People's Choice Award. So after that, I, the food editor was like, Jacob, you should become a chef. And I was sort of like... Listen, no respect because I'm sure there's lots of chefs listening today. But I'm like, <laughs> being a chef really wasn't what I wanted to do. I'm too much of an extrovert. I love yeah. my Friday, Saturday nights going out. Um, <laughs> At least you were honest. I was really honest. I was I like, it's, it's, just, it's probably just not for me. And so I, I had this, this tension of I love food, but I don't want to become a chef. So what, You don't want to be stuck in the kitchen 24-7. No. And I was like, what's, like what, what is there? And anyway, she, she said, have you ever thought about becoming a food stylist? The way you presented all your food was amazing. I yeah. was like, eh, food what, stylist? What? Like, what is that? What year was this? This would have been 2009. 2009. Or 2010, okay. yeah. Because yeah. food styling has been around for ages. It's been around for ages, but techniques but and style has changed so much. Totally. Gone are the days of, you, you know, fanning a strawberry and adding curly <laughs> parsley. You know, when we think about all the good old Women's oh. Weekly recipe books. Cutting out a flower yeah. shape with the uh, carrots. Yeah. I still find that quite cute, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Each to their own. But it's like it's it's changed so much. Absolutely. It has. And oh. so from there, that's when like I kind of learnt, okay, cool, there's another industry within food that I could tap yeah. into. Because there's so many different avenues. So you know? many. As an example, you think about MasterChef, yeah. right, Australia. Massive production company. Huge. People think oh, well, it magically appears, you know, the Mm. food just appears like that. And yes, we all cook our food and all that. But behind the scenes, what people don't actually know, people don't actually see is that there is like, you know, a a, a food team of like 10 to 12 people that prepare, that, you know, um, that hold your food to make it look good a couple of hours later when you're actually tasting the food, to photograph it well, to make it look vibrant because it has to look good after a few hours. So there's so many many people in the background that actually make your food look good and that's the team that is known as the food styling team. (laughs) Yeah, and like I don't – this didn't exist like 20 years ago. Yeah. It's very much changed so much. It it existed. Like I I work with some older food stylists, but I think – it's just never been given the thought of totally. or recognition. Yeah. And nowadays, you say you're a food stylist, people instantly know what that is. Yeah. Coming from an Asian family, like dad was always uh, really valued education, um, which I did do. I, yeah. I ended up doing a degree um, in media communications. But then it was just kind of like a, 
he, I don't think he still understands today what I do because I, I show him some of the commercial. Like I did that, yeah. and he's like, and "What you've did done you some do?" Massive commercials, like yeah. You've done Macca's yeah. is probably my biggest yeah. client that That's I huge. yeah yep. And obviously, like all the tips and tricks. You work with tricks. lots of different campaigns, and yeah. So and. It's so varied, and that's why I do love it. But, yeah, my dad never really understood it. And I just don't know if he does now either <laughs> because he's like, you cook the food. I'm like, uh, yeah, I do, but it's it's more than that. Right. And we eat with our eyes. And so my that's job it. is where whatever I create, we've got to eat with our eyes, and this sometimes is the full stop because yeah. there's sometimes situations, majority of the time, the talent or no one's eating it. Yeah. Especially if it's like for packaging or menus and things like that. And was that the turning point when you went on to Taste.com and won the People's Choice Award and that lady said you need to get into food styling? Was that like a trigger for Oh, you? my gosh. the turn, It was a massive turning point because mm. I was from a small regional town. I knew I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so when she offered this, it kind of was like, okay, this could definitely be a moment for me to really pursue my passion for food that's not becoming a chef. Mm-hmm. And so I packed my Nissan Pulsar up, <laughs> put all my bedroom in my car yeah. and moved to Sydney one day and just left home. And, yeah, from there it was it was scary. Like I came to Sydney yeah. and I was like, I don't know, I don't have any contacts except for that one food editor. And... How, how am I going to make a living yeah. out of this as a freelancer that yeah. has one contact? Mm. But it was so amazing just like how, yeah, I, I ended up doing heaps and heaps of like freebies, mm-hmm. um, just volunteering, just get, get, yeah, get, get experience because I didn't have any. Mm-hmm. I just had this idea of what a food stylist was. So that's kind of how it all started and then doing commercials and, mm-hmm. yeah, it's what a journey. Maybe you can give me a bit more of an insight into, you know, freelancing because there's a lot of freelancers out there, myself included. I do I do a lot of freelancing. I don't know if you feel this, but like sometimes in me, I go, how am I going to br- bring this idea into a reality? Make make this idea and, and turn it into something that's actually financially viable yeah. for me. And that's the worry I find often with freelancing. Do you have different processes in place or do mm. you have backups? Yeah. So I guess for me as a freelancer, I have another little side hustle uh, business that I run with my wife. And I guess that helps with what we'd call like the bread and butter and the consistency. Yeah. Um, for me, I think maybe it's just my personality type. I need to have security. Yeah. Um, so that's been I'm the really, same. Yeah. Like I couldn't just be yeah. doing freelance stuff. Yeah. So for me, right, like coming from a an accounting background, as yep. you know, like very corporate career, you get your paycheck every month. And after winning MasterChef and going into the food space, I was like, okay, I gotta, I can't juggle both because mm. it's actually quite hectic. Yeah. So I give up accounting and then you know focus on the food side of things. But it's also very hard because you don't. Whilst you you know it, it it there's a big demand and of of course you ride the wave you know mm. and you keep riding the wave and you you know you you push yourself you con- constantly innovate and and push boundaries um, challenge yourself all the time there is often this thing behind me in the back of my mind thinking what if one day it all goes to shit right like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if we were using you know that word I mean? and like, great. Um, yeah. uh, that's definitely. <laughs> I, d- I think about that often. And I think being full-time freelance is like a scary thought as well, pending what industry 
you're in for like there's only so many commercials and there, there are lots of food stylists now um out there i think back 10 years ago there was a limited amount yeah. of you know people that were actually doing food styling for commercials but now today's day and age especially with social media and things like that there's yeah. definitely an uptake of yeah. freelancers professionals compared to even like 10 years ago food is celebrated so much and food is paired with everything we do mm-hmm. even covid was a celebration of takeaway food yeah uh sourdough like you know we know of all these trends that took off because food is you know it's the only thing that we have in common globally is the language of food mm-hmm. so i feel like food will always be front and center of a lot of commercials yeah. because it's so relatable yeah there's always a space for it yeah Tell us about Good Day People, what yeah. it's about. Sure. What was that, like the turning point, the idea, yeah. and how did it come about? Yeah, no, great question. So the turning point for us was we just um, had the bushfires in Australia. Mm-hmm. Lockdown, the first lockdown um, hit, and we were driving home to Foster because we're like, we should do lockdown at home okay. rather than in Sydney. So we were chatting, and what it was one of my friend's birthdays, a male – and he was turning 30. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, what do I, what should we do in lockdown? We couldn't go shopping. We couldn't physically give it to him. And then that got me thinking. We looked everywhere online. And to be honest, maybe I'm a bit of a tired ass, but we just wanted to spend 50 bucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Not a super close friend. Mm. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. <laughs> anyway, so we're like, what, what do we get? But there was nothing that we could find that was actually, like, cool. It was simple. Like, what we wanted was, like, a bottle of wine and a block of chocolate. Yeah. but Like a little care package. Yeah, a little care package. But... We couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. We were finding things that you'd give your grandma with lots of cellophane and, you know, just cheap wine or really expensive champagne. Crap, crappy and, stuff. Yeah, shortbread. I'm like, like that was kind of it. And then we, we're driving up and we still can't find anything online. And then I said, there's such a market for something cool in the gifting business. And my wife agreed. She's like, yeah, there is. And we were like, listen, we're in lockdown the freelance work, we didn't know what was happening. All the shoots were cancelled and postponed indefinitely. So we're like, listen, we've got what we think, what we thought was two weeks of lockdown. Lol, okay. Um, was obviously let's, let's two years some, on. <laughs> yeah, let's just do some research. So we okay. crunched the numbers, checked it out, started establishing a brand, the name. It's a pretty cool brand, I must <laughs> say. I love, I love the packaging. I love the branding and I love the different packaging that you can get with it. Oh, thanks. I think, yeah. it, I think you've, you've, you've done an excellent job at that. Thanks. Yeah, my, my wife, I, listen, I can't cra- claim any of it because she, she's the graphic designer. Yeah. I'm more of the wordsmith. Wordsmith? Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I do a bit more of the copy. And yeah, like right. So, but you also have the eye and the attention to detail given what you do for work. You know? Yeah, so that really helped, even mm. just contact. So I guess out of it all, we're like, cool, let's start a business that supports let's Australian just, businesses yeah. after the bushfires. Yeah. And then, to be honest, we thought we missed the COVID wave, but um, we couldn't have started at a better time because obviously the lockdowns continued. And, yeah, today we've just done the numbers. We've sold over 18,000. <laughs> Oh Ambers. my god! I know it's been insane, and obviously eighteen thousand in in, in like in seventeen like, months. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so it's grown it's just, a lot. <laughs> wow! How do you have time to do anything else? We, I guess, we've started getting um, help. Imp- yeah, we started getting we started getting help. <laughs> so it's just been awesome. Yeah, getting staff and moving it. We we originally started in like our one bedroom apartment uh-huh. house. <laughs> And now, yeah, we're in a full warehouse. So it's been crazy journey. But That's incredible. It's awesome. We're loving it. You know, you talk about 
pivoting in yeah. COVID. Oh, I she think said, I she think said the P word. People. I said the P word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every time you go into something, there's always this unknown, right? Like, mm. There's always this unknown. You don't know how it's going to go, you know? And then you put it online and then you fully realize, like, you just realize I'm, I'm fully exposed. Yeah. So how did you market that? This, this is how stupid we were. Like, if we could sell one a day, we would be so stoked because we had it in our closet in our one bedroom. And I was like, that would be amazing. And then it was <laughs> so funny because we then put, we did a media release and to our surprise, out of the 14 people we sent it to, 10 people took it up. So all of a sudden we were selling 30, 40, 50 a day. In, oh, what? In in lockdown. And How then, did you store that in your... So it became a massive logistical nightmare for us <laughs> because then we, we sold out after oh, like gosh. a first couple of weeks and then we had suppliers that couldn't keep up with our demand. So it was just... Just to put yeah. it into perspective for people listening, like, uh, y- you know, Good Day People, the hampers that they do, it's not just the one thing in the hamper. It's mm. like 10 things. Yes. You know, so you, you, you physically... And there, there's there's like... I don't know. There's like 20 different kinds that you can get. So yeah. When we launched, there was like 25. And oh now today there's 60. But I think we're going to keep it at 60. No more. Oh my so God. anyway, it was a logistical nightmare, but we got through it. Our house was full of gifts. So anyway, yeah, it's crazy just the journey of business and yeah, entrepreneurship. So Jacob, now you have, obviously you do a lot more than just food styling. Food styling is the core. You do obviously good good day people, but you also do a lot of presenting. You have just released a YouTube uh, channel. Yeah, I have with, with Clarissa. Clarissa Fidel, who is Manu Fidel's wife. So I guess Clarissa and I met last year at a Christmas party and we're just yeah just chatting like we should do something let's do something because we were just like looking at like yeah what's something fun we could create and just looking at both our heritages and then we came up with the idea that we would create a series called Asian-ish and it's basically Asian-ish food that is you know there's elements of it being traditional food however there are some twists cheats cheats yeah um because asian food can be to many very daunting super daunting more so and also like just the ingredients as well like if you don't if if you're not familiar with going to your asian grocer (laughs) you're like what is this place and really I find going to my Asian grocer service is usually pretty rare to come by. <laughs> that's, I, that's not even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like you need to know what you want. You'd be lucky to get like a mm, an yeah. acknowledgement. Exactly. So <laughs> we're doing like sanchoy bao and yep. yeah, mango sango, mango sango, <laughs> mango like sago pudding okay. and just like little twists to make things easy, affordable. Um, and simple. We didn't want to make it overly complicated. Yep. So people can watch that on... Yeah, on YouTube. Um, and the channel's called Asian-ish. Asian-I-S-H. Yes. Ish. I love it. Asian-ish. Love it. Sounds cool. Yeah. You're obviously very familiar and very comfortable with presenting. And Jacob has also co-hosted um, Asia Unplayed at the second season with me, um, which you can watch on SBS On Demand. Yes. I thought that was so fun. We I love it. So and we got to bring fun. that back. We That's, need to bring uh, that back. You know, that was great because we go into different cuisines. Um, we did the, we did a few different ones. We did Filipino yeah, one. Yeah, we did. Filipino, we did Malaysian. Yeah, we did Vietnamese. We even did South Indian. Every country in the world, every uh, region has a different offering. Yeah. If you think about Australia, people think, oh, we don't. We do. Yeah. 
think about wines. You have, you know, Victoria, what then we're known for? We're known for the cooler climate wines. Yes. So your Chardis, your Pinot Noirs. Yeah. You know, you, Barossa Valley, what are mm. you known for? Like the bigger, fuller bodied, bodied. yeah, Shirazes, yeah. Uh, Cab Savs. Yeah. Um, you know, you go down to like um, Margaret River, you, you, they're known for their, also their Chardonnays, yeah. uh, Clare Valley for their Riesling. Oh. It's, yeah, it's so diverse it's and there's so, so diverse. much to learn. There's a whole region in, in India that does, just does purely veg, veg, Gujarati cuisine. Yeah. So it's all purely vegetarian. vegetarian. It's a great thing about food. You'll never know everything about food. No. Yeah, I I'm agree. still learning. Uh, so am I. I learn yeah. every day. I yeah. learn every day when I cook. Are yeah. there any tips and tricks? So I guess Teach like, me. <laughs> yeah, okay. So when doing like burger commercials, we won't name brands, but there's lots of toothpicks that are put into a burger to keep it all oh, upright. To keep it all upright. Yeah. And go. obviously the when we when we do all this food for a meat patty because usually we're talking fast food which fast food means fat yeah so the beef is obviously like if we're talking about a beef patty it's got a high percentage of fat therefore we just cook the outside of the like yeah so rim, it's undercooked inside and so it's still frozen right because it holds its shape uh-huh. and then obviously if you're cooking it fully it's going to decrease in size because you're cooking out the fat so we keep it we only cook it for like 10 seconds on the, each side. And right. so it's still frozen in the middle, so it holds its shape. Okay. The cheese, we dip it in really warm water so it gets that little bend so it looks like it's a bit okay. melted. Otherwise, it's just cold out of the fridge. And then in extreme cases, I would glue on with super glue <laughs> and tweezers individual sesame seeds. Isn't that ridiculous? But I do. Okay, that's just OCD. It's OCD, 100%, but that's the job. You have to Sesame be OCD. Sesame seeds? It's, really? It, I'm, I'm not jo- <laughs> I wish I was joking because that's actually the worst part. It's like I feel like I'm doing surgery on a burger. Food. <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit weird. Especially when we were doing shooting in COVID, I'm wearing like the face mask. I feel literally – my, my surgical tweezers, I'm like I'm literally – doing an operation on a hamburger with obviously lots of food more so for commercials when things are moving the food is always cold yeah and so we did this for like a rice campaign that we did and the rice was cold because it holds its shape as well better when it's cold so what we food stylists do is we get a tampon um and we put it into hot boiling water so it obviously soaks up a lot of water um, and because it's boiling, it will steam. So we will then put it either in the dish or behind the dish, and that will give you about two to three minutes of steam. And then once <coughs> that steam is done, we will then just chuck it back in the pot. <laughs> so it's very economical. <laughs> it's quite disgusting. Like, I don't really know, like, if anyone's going to need to use that tip or trick at home, but it's just if you, well, want, uh, if you uh, want to have the steam effect. Use a tampon. Use a tampon. <laughs> Which is also really awkward for me because I'm like I have hand uh, tampons in my in, like, in my backpack <laughs> and people are like why do you have this I'm like oh I'm, if I'm going on a shoot you never know girl you know <laughs> <laughs> so true oh, God. Uh, I think enough of these random I know. <laughs> random tests I don't know if it's helpful but it's definitely I, educational oh I think it's educational in terms of I eat a lot with my eyes mm. I I believe in ugly, delicious food, of course. 100%. You know, I'm all about that. But I also believe in just delicious, beautiful food. Yeah. Like, I love looking at a plate of beautiful food in front of me. Mm. It's art. It is It's art. pure art. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of 
for me, when I look at a plate of beautiful food, I think there's a lot of care and a lot of thought that has gone into it. Yeah, totally. So, Jacob, how can people find you? Ah, they can find me. Um, well, I live in Manly, but I don't think you're asking for my address. Um, <laughs> they can find me on What's your number? No. <laughs> at Jacob Food. Yeah, I've got a, a book also and a website with some of the recipes, and that's on jacobfood.com. Dot and then obviously YouTube channel um, of yep. Asianish. Asianish. So, yep. Yeah, they're all the places. If you're thinking of a gift to get, yeah. head to gooddaypeople.com. Yeah, that's it. Simple, beautiful hampers. And remember, it's um, quality, not quantity. Absolutely. Absolutely. On that note, <laughs> I'm going to leave this quality conversation right where it is. <laughs> well, thank you, Jacob, for coming in. I have really enjoyed our little chat. Thanks, Diana. Great to be here.